Welcome everybody to Fine Margins on the Hammer Betting Network presented by Betfred Sports. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook for all of your betting needs throughout the World Cup and beyond. And my goodness, do we have a show for you guys today. What an unbelievable day of World Cup action that we had. We thought we had a treat this morning with the end to Group F, but Group E doubles up maybe even more on the entertainment factor here. I would say who would have thought Morocco win Group F and Japan win Group E, but I am joined by Alex, who had Morocco to win the group in his portfolio pre-tournament, and I'm joined for the first time on Fine Margins by Michael, who had (laughs) Japan on the money line against not just Germany, but also Spain. So, uh, Mike, you must be feeling pretty good about yourself today. Yeah, this is a... This is a great day. When we saw it coming, like this this Japanese team, man, even even down one nil, like you think back to both those those wins, uh, it came it followed a similar script. They kind of just hung around, hung around, and and made the adjustments at halftime and looked dangerous right away. Like what did it take three minutes for them to take a two one lead? And uh, yeah, this team is a thrill ride. I uh, can't say I was feeling too good. Uh, I didn't think I would be patting myself on the back. Uh, was it Sunday morning when they looked? God awful against Costa Rica, but you know, this such is the World Cup that the up and down and up and down just keeps continuing. What a roller coaster! Uh, and probably no team better, you know, amp, uh, shows that than, than this Japanese team because they are a thrill ride from the second the game starts to time it ends. Yeah, Alex was high on them coming into the tournament, I guess, for good reason. He was also very high on Morocco. You cashed what was it 10 to 1 on Morocco to win the group, you also cashed on Belgium not to advance. Uh, so I guess, Alex, this played out as expected here. Yeah, it's nice. You know, yesterday we had to talk about how I lost all my Denmark bets. So today it's it's a lot better to talk about the bets that we won. Um, but yeah, Morocco, like just really good showing in this group stage. Such a fun team. I think they're going to give Spain a lot of trouble in the next round, too. I'm wearing my uh, my IX kit here in honor of Hakim Ziyech and, uh, and Mezraoui, you know, ex-Ajassian there. So yeah. that's nice. Um but yeah, just like a really, really good performance from them. And Belgium, I mean, I can't believe it. We talked about this before we came on the show. Lukaku, like, I'm not sure what the deal is there. There's uh, maybe some suspicious activity going on. But um, I think that I think the best team did win this group at the end. Like, uh, Croatia, really, they thrashed Canada. Outside of that, they had, didn't look all that impressive. Um, Belgium obviously didn't look impressive really at any point. This is probably their best match today, though. I think better days are ahead for the Belgian national team. You know, we'll, we'll save that for uh, the Euro 2024 show. But, um, but yeah, I mean, really stoked for Morocco. I would like to see them cash the uh, to make the quarterfinal bet, too. So we got one, one more game ahead of us right now against Spain. And a Spain team that's kind of lucky to go through in the end. Like, they probably should have lost to yeah. Germany. Uh, they're really in there because they thrashed Costa Rica in that first game where they just didn't show up for the tournament. But, like, a little bit lucky not to have uh, – unlucky – a little bit lucky to have tied Germany there and um, could have, you know, could have been looking at very different result. So as far as Spain goes, I know they lost to Japan today. And we talked about this before we went live here. But as far as I am concerned, Spain are the biggest winners of the day because they lose to Japan. However, by coming second in Group E, they get Morocco in the next round instead of Croatia. Morocco are a good team. And I like much respect to Morocco. I'd rather play Morocco than Croatia regardless of the showings and also by playing Morocco you're now on the opposite side of the bracket of Brazil assuming Brazil win that group I'm not sure if that's already locked in but assuming Brazil win that group you avoid them 
and their path to the final is a lot better. So I was trying to really hustle to find some Spain futures. I couldn't get in before any of the movement. Right now, Spain, last I saw, you could find them around plus 600 to go uh, to win the whole tournament. Not the price I was looking for, but lots to break down here. Why don't we start with the earlier matches? Because you know we'll go in order. We'll go in chronological order here. Belgium... <laughs> Can't believe it. They don't get the win against Croatia. Romelu Lukaku equated 1.98 expected goals here. <laughs> Missed two empty nets. Well, you could say three empty nets. I think one of them would not have counted because the ball had gone out of play. But regardless, uh, let's go to Michael first of all. Why don't you speak about the disaster of this Belgian national team at this World Cup tournament? Yeah, it seems like, you know, that everyone was kind of in on it knowing that this team was a paper tiger and... Uh, then you saw the group and you're like, okay, like they, they get a little bit lucky because Croatia also kind of profiled as a, as a paper tiger coming into the tournament. So you're like, all right, they should be able to to navigate it. I was on, uh, you know, I, I thought I had this group pegged well and, and leave it to me to to take a good take and, and turn it into a losing bet. So I, I dual forecasted Canada and Morocco at 40 to one rather than just, you know, playing it safe. And uh, because I, I didn't believe in either Croatia or, or Belgium and, I mean, it's it, we see it every World Cup. You know, last last time around it was Germany. It was I guess Germany again this time, and then yep. you, you you had the the France and Italy stuff uh, in the previous World Cups as well. Like, there's always going to be one giant that just doesn't show up, and then the infighting starts. And uh, you know, it, it, we try so hard not to get involved in narratives. I guess when we're we're talking about sports betting, but for for international tournaments, like they matter. I think it it does matter. It's much more of a an art than a science when you're dealing with your know, noisy data from, you know, AFCON and, and CONMEBOL qualifying, right? You, you really do need, it's like, it's much more like college bowl season than anything else. You got to kind of factor in everything like, like motivation and stylistic matchups and stuff like that. And, and the draw. And I think that, you know, kudos to everybody around for, for just seeing right through this Belgian team. And uh, I will say that when the ball was, coming to Lukaku from, from Torgan Hazard. I was like, well, there he goes. Everyone's Belgium, yeah. not advanced tickets, <laughs> but, but Lukaku, uh, you know, maybe he was, he was in on it too or something. Cause that was, yeah. I don't know how on earth you could miss that. So in recent times, Lukaku has only played like 30 minutes of club football. He came in, not in form. That was a problem. One of the many problems with this Belgian team, they did not have any informed forwards here. They should have still had enough, in my opinion, to get out of this group. They were, they deservedly go out here. Uh, Croatia go through. I don't even know how much Croatia deserved this. Uh, Alex, well, I think we will skip the unless you really want to. We'll skip the Belgian talk with you because you've spoken so much about them with me over the last uh, little while here. Let's go to Morocco, who beat Canada two one. XG in this game, I don't think reflects it. I, I from what I saw, Canada was one point one. Morocco were four point uh, four seven. Morocco wins this one two one. And though Atiba Hutchin hit the crossbar. I think part of the reason why the XG is low is because Hakim Ziyech scored from pretty far out. Milan Borian wasn't even in the 18-yard box, I don't think, at the time of the strike. So I think that the XG doesn't quite reflect that, which is why sometimes it's not the full indicator. But regardless, they bum-rushed Canada from the start. They get their two goals. They know what they had to do to get out of this group. And not only do they get out, they win the group. So your thoughts on Morocco going forward? Yeah, I mean, they're an easy team to pick apart in the sense that, like, they haven't won a game on expected goals yet or whatever. But you're looking at today when you know a draw is going to get you through. And obviously, they're gifted that early goal from Borian. And then, you know, it's a case of, like, okay, well, we're not going to really press on here. Obviously, Canada's kind of got nothing to lose. They're going to go forward. 
So I don't think you can put too much stock into the expected goals in this game, right? Like they got their lead early, they went up to nothing. And then it was a case of like, okay, let's just pack things up and let's just make sure we get out of this group. Um, but this is a really strong team and, you know, going up against Spain now, look at the pace they have on the flanks with Hakimi, Mizrawi, um, you know, Amrabat's played really well in midfield. Ziek is having a heck of a tournament. Uh, this is going to be a very fun knockout stage. I think I saw that Spain opened minus 175 in that one. Um, and I mean, Morocco mm. plus one. I, they're just such a tough team to break down. The only goal they conceded in this group stage obviously was that own goal that Bono still, you know, I think could have saved. But um, they're just such a difficult side to break down. They play so well together. They have a great understanding. Uh, they work well off one another, and um, I'm really excited for that uh, that last 16 tie. I think Spain are a little bit right for the picking, and I think the Morocco can give them a hell of a game, at least, you know, get this into extra time, and then who knows from there. Yeah, I don't really know what to make of Spain. I was pretty down on them pre-tournament, and they beat Costa Rica 7-0, and they just, they get the draw to Germany. I expect them to just beat Japan, and obviously that's not the case. So I have no idea what to make of Spain, but I think I do know what to make of Morocco, so I think I can have some interest there. Michael, do you want to speak to... That, that big showdown between Spain and Morocco? Yeah, I think uh, what, what we've seen is the blueprint to, to beat Spain is just, you just need to be able to force a mistake because they, they're like Germany. Like once you see their numbers and they're turning the other way, like they're pretty easy to pick apart in transition. They're not great out of possession. Uh, and your team like Morocco, like with, with Ziyech coming down the wing, like they can definitely punish this team. And I, I love uh, all my guys from Athletic Bilbao. I think that's one of the, my favorite, you know, club teams outside of the Premier League, but Unai Simone, man, like what what's going on with him? He he seems to yeah. want to kick it into his own net. <laughs> uh, he seems like he's he's not all there, and you know, and goalkeeping, you know, if you're if you're handicapping goalkeeping, you're probably going too deep. But in a tournament, it's going to matter at some point, right? And he he's got to start to like show some sort of confidence or form if you're going to back Spain to to make a run, but. Like you said, uh, like you, you go from where everyone was talking about Spain, oh, they're just going to run through this tournament after they took apart a Costa Rica team that's probably, what, 31st, maybe 32nd in the whole field. Uh, and then they get lucky against Germany. They lose to, to the best team in the world, Japan. And all of a sudden, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, I think that's probably the, the kind of general consensus on Spain is like, I don't know. I have no idea. And I think you can also say that a little bit about Croatia as well. Yeah, I think Croatia, it's fair. Gvardiol is an absolute monster He's at 20 years old. Yeah. I think yeah. he might be one day the best defender in the world, the most expensive defender in the world. It, that could happen, honestly, in the next two or three years, the way he's trending. Um, so I think I like Croatia's chances against Japan. I don't. I haven't seen any openers on that one. But I think, I mean, Croatia, another winner of today. They avoid, they're on the Brazil side, but they avoid Spain or Germany, uh, and they don't even win the group. So... Japan looked good. Um, let's go to Alex, because I know you are also quite high on Japan. Uh, what do you make of Japan's chances to continue to advance here? Uh, start Ritsu Don is the uh, the first thing I'll say there. He is, uh, I love him so much. Um, but yeah, they're just like, the pace they have, uh, I think that, you know, Gavardio's obviously had an incredible tournament and he's a very good defender. But outside of him, this is a little bit of a slower back line. And, you know, I mean, Spain and, and Croatia profile so similarly in the sense that like they want to play on the ball and you know, Japan will be comfortable letting them play on the ball, waiting for that mistake, hitting them on the break. And they obviously have the pace and they have the ability to to punish them. Right. And, and we saw the same thing with Spain. Like they, they saw so much of the ball, but they're struggling to create chances. They don't have that true target man up top. And in Croatia are very similar in that sense. Obviously, they were able to kind of 
capitalize on Canada's mistakes. But outside yeah. of that, I mean, <laughs> Japan, Japan don't make those same mistakes. This is a much more technically sound team, a much better coach and organized side as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, this is a very similar matchup that we just saw that we're going to see now in the round of 16. Just Croatia is just a slightly worse version of what Spain is. So, I mean, Japan are very live here. I think this is going to be a fun game. I think they're going to be able to have their chances on the break. It's just a matter of, you know, are they going to get uh, Unai Simon, um, you know, not making a save on that uh, on that Ritsu Doan shot? I don't know. Um, and, you know, things obviously broke a little bit nicely for Japan here. But, yeah, I think that I think it could be a very similar result. So with Japan, I mean, I don't like... I'm a fan of them. Organized the back, only concede once to Spain and Germany. The way they won today, they scored twice in a short amount of time. And other than that, they weren't really threatening much throughout the game. The Germany game as well. Germany, the third highest XG of all time in a World Cup loss. Japan scored twice in pretty quick succession there. So, so full credit to them for capitalizing on those opportunities. First goal is the Unai Simon mistake. And call me biased, I am a Manchester United fan. David De Gea is sitting watching this one at home is, in my opinion, the best Spanish goalie. He's not even at this tournament. And Simon is here for his technical ability on ball. Wasn't showing there. Regardless, um, Japan, I, I don't know how far we're going to go with them just because that, but it's clearly a technical team. We'll go to Michael quickly if you want to touch on, if you think uh, you're maybe going for another money line bet on Japan in the round of 16. Yeah, I probably will. I, I'm on them to make the semis uh, pre-tournament. Um, and, and I can't, say I'm too confident in that given their path now, but uh, I just, I think that they're a team that punches up well, like I was talking about before in, in tournaments, stylistic matchups really matter. And, and you want to profile these teams and Japan are a team that you, when they're taking on a team that wants the ball, like they're going to be dangerous, no matter how good you think that their opponents are, they just bet to beat, you know, the fifth and, and third best teams in, in the tournament by the odds about, uh, and now they're going to take on it. So, if, I mean, if you just think about it, right, like Spain was the third favorite-ish coming in right around that kind of like mosh with with uh, England and, uh, you know, a little bit behind France. So I guess, you know, fourth, fifth, third, wherever you want to put them. And then Germany was right behind them. Like they were all 10 to one or, or shorter coming in. And now they're going to take on a team that was 50 to one. And it's just like a worse version of, of the team they just beat. So I think they're definitely live. You're not going to catch six to one on this team anymore. Uh, but yeah, definitely. It's not too late is, is the point with Japan. You're going to get another decent number on them to advance. It, it should be, you know, even, I think money will probably come in on them, but like you're still going to get a good number. And I think Croatia, they're vulnerable. They don't say same as Spain. Like if you get them to turn around there, you can cause a lot of problems as long as Romelu Lukaku isn't your striker, right? Like <laughs> it's, 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 it, it should, it could go Japan's way. The script is working for them. I mean, it's, it's, it's bewildering how similar those two games, those two victories were uh, against Spain and Germany. I'm just so excited for the, the round of 16 looks just like some mouthwatering fixtures, Japan and Morocco, both going to be involved with those, the ways they, they have played this tournament. Uh, let's just touch on Germany quickly before we move into the previews for tomorrow. Germany, obviously quite a disaster after winning the world cup. They have failed to got uh, failed to progress beyond the group stage for two straight tournaments here. Uh, lots of questions about Hansi Flick, though. I, I don't think we can question how good of a manager he is. I don't know. If, I don't really know what to make of Germany because they win 4-2 today against Costa Rica. They draw a Spain side where they probably deserve to win. They lose to Japan in a game, as we've already spoken about, they probably deserve to win. Goal scoring wasn't quite there. I mean, they scored four today. They could have had, I think, 11. Uh, Musiala, I think, could have had five on his own in this tournament, and he was exceptional in this tournament. 
just in front of goal, some of the chances just go a little bit astray. Let's talk about where Germany go from here. Let's start with Alex. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a case of tough luck if you're Germany. Like we talk, uh, yeah. I've talked about that. I've, I've been beating this drum so much that I, you know, I feel like silly keep saying it because they're out. You know, now they're they're going home early once again. But geez, they they played a really good tournament. Like they created over ten expected goals. Probably should have beat Spain. As much as we love Japan, I think you know Germany were very unlucky not to be up two nothing, maybe three nothing at one point in that one, and yeah, then obviously yeah. they were punished. There, that's that's the thing with this team, right? Their defensive uh, mistakes that easily put a foot wrong there, and then you know even today against Costa Rica, like weren't really taking their chances early. Then all of a sudden it looked like wow they're going to actually lose this game. That didn't last too long, but again ultimately dominated. Could have had five, could have had six, could have had seven, and you know they're really just going out because. They weren't able to get that little break against Spain and Spain were able to take their chances against uh, against yeah. Costa Rica. And that really just proves a difference. So I don't think it was a bad tournament. Obviously, you're going to be really disappointed. I'm sure they're going to be, you know, heavily criticized in the German media, um, you know, which is sort of the case there. But I don't think it was a terrible tournament from them. I'm I'm not like super worried. I, I saw someone on Twitter comparing them to like a Serbia that we're like, they're just wasting a European spot now, you know, good team in oh, qualifiers. They make, no. I'm like, come on, like. They won the World Cup in 2014. Like, what are we doing here? So, yeah, I, I just – it's tough luck. It's just tough luck. Like, you know, friend of the show, Fabian Sommer, we apologize for uh, for that tough uh, heartbreak he today. He said uh, – I don't know if you saw – he tweeted out, no more vacations to Spain because, of course, if Spain do their job and win the game, Germany are through with those four points. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. as far as Germany going forward, if you were asking about futures for 2026, I don't think those are going to be out quite yet here. But they have a young squad. Um, I think they will be – back and better at the next World Cup a long ways away. But let's go to Michael for his thoughts on journey before we move on. Yeah, I'll make it quick. Like I, I was looking around and I saw that they they creep they were around 40 to 1 to win the World Cup. Uh, at one point there's like you know eight or nine minutes left in the matches and I was very tempted to bet it. Mm. So you know they because you just you're like, yeah, this this team deserves a lot better. And if they get through like they should, you know, continue to chug along at this rate. And they didn't, of course. So uh, I guess I'm happy I didn't pull the trigger there. But I thought it would have been a decent bet considering you know how they went out. Yes, Germany looked good. They At the end of the day, four points. I don't think you deserve to go through on four points in any group. So uh, they are a team that's going to be going home along with Costa Rica here. So let's move into tomorrow's slate. Uh, I don't think we could top what we got today. But you never know with the 2022 World Cup here. I'm going to pull up the Betfred's the Betfred odds screen once again. This show and this channel is presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Make sure you're using them for your uh, for your for your betting needs throughout the World Cup and beyond football, basketball, whatever you like. But let's pull up the odds screen here. Going into tomorrow, Ghana, Uruguay, South Korea, Portugal. That is the early slate here. Uruguay, I guess, sizable favorites against Ghana here. Uh, I've already got money on this game. We'll go to you guys as well. South Korea is playing against Portugal. Portugal have pretty much wrapped up first place in this group. I don't know if that's pretty much or they've actually wrapped up first place in this group here, but they're at minus 130. And we'll start with Michael here. Any thoughts on the early slate here as to how you're going to approach this and any thoughts overall on this group? Yeah, I guess uh, Uruguay was a pretty polarizing team coming into the tournament. I'm, I'm pretty high on them. I'm still hoping that they get through. I like their team total. Like I would back like a three and a half. Ghana has played some wild games to you know start this tournament, uh, yeah. and I don't think that that will change. And I know Uruguay like they haven't scored yet. I believe they're now the only team in uh, the tournament to not do it, uh, to not find the back of the net. But they look very threatening against Portugal. 
They should. I think they're 1.9 expected goals on the tournament. That's not an impressive number by any feat, but they should at least be on the board, especially considering their finishers. So I'm looking at, like, you know, I would take a shot on like a crazy team total, like three and a half or something uh, on, on La Celeste. And of course, you got to remember, this is a rivalry game going back to the 2010 World Cup. Uh, so the, the crowd, actually, I mean, the, the African fan bases have been incredible at this World Cup. This thing, I think, yeah. could be pretty wild, yeah. uh, considering what happened with uh, Suarez in two, 2010. So uh, between the, the two matches, like from a neutral standpoint, it's definitely the one that I'll be paying more attention to. And probably uh, my favorite bet between the two matches is, is something on Uruguay to, to go over team total or, or live, uh, you know, if, if the game's nil-nil, you know, going into like the, the second or third uh, third of the match. So... I've been on the Ghana handicap in this match. Uh, essentially, it's a double chance on Ghana. I've been on that for most of the week now. I kind of like that as soon as uh, the, the second match day was over. Not This doesn't factor into my handicap. I also feel like the Suarez situation from 2010 World Cup, I don't think that is a huge... That's not a huge deal. It's not really a deal in general, but I don't think that's nothing. I think overall, Uruguay have not looked exceptional here. And I think Ghana, knowing what they have to do to get over the line here and get to the next round, I think that's just going to be at play. And I think that just, that, that's, that's just a strong reason for me to lean towards Ghana here and also my doubts about Uruguay so far. But Alex, any thoughts on Uruguay-Ghana going into yeah. here? Yeah, I, uh, I like the over in this game quite a bit. I think that, I mean, Ghana thrive in chaos and this will be absolute chaos, right? Um, Uruguay, <laughs> we saw Uruguay once they went behind to Portugal. I thought it was the best they had looked at the tournament at any point. They actually, well. you know, started to attack and they created a lot of chances. Were pretty unlucky not to score even before they went behind Bentancourt. I think that was before they they went down one up and Bentancourt was a little unlucky not to uh, to score that one. So, yeah, I think that you know, Uruguay are going to obviously have to press from the start here. We're going to see them score some goals. Ghana are not the best defensive unit. I think they're going to, you know, no. like Michael said, they're going to they're going to be able to pound some goals in. I do think, you know, Ghana will contribute to this a little bit as well, especially if uh, Uruguay build up a little bit of a lead. Ghana will start pressing. They have the quality going forward to score some goals. So I love the over in this, even some alt overs. If you're looking at like over three and a half in the game, um, I think we could see a ton of goals in this. And it just, you know, like... It, it, maybe it's uh you know just falling into the trap of Germany. I mean Ghana uh, having played these high scoring games already so far in this tournament, but like I think that I just seen uh, I, I see this continuing completely here. Um, as for the other game, I think you'd have to wait for lineups before you really want to make a bet either side there just to see what Portugal put out. But you know. South Korea, I mean, they're fighting spirit. Like, they leave it all out there. They're going to leave it all out there tomorrow. They're going to be a fun – it's going to be a fun game too. And Portugal, they don't have first wrapped up. They likely do, though, unless Ghana were to beat um, Uruguay and, and and you know, overturn that goal difference. So, even – yeah, I mean, they don't even necessarily need a draw because unless Ghana were to actually win that game and, and Portugal lose. So, could see a little bit more conservativeness from, uh, from Portugal. And I think Korea can punish them. So, like, I mean, I think taking a long shot uh, on, you know – the Korea money line is not the worst look either, but at least, you know, um, win or draw is a decent look there too. I think they're going to be able to give Portugal a little bit of trouble. Yeah, I, I can see Portugal just taking their foot off the gas a little bit and South Korea just going for this one. South Korea, I mean, I had them uh, on the double chance against Uruguay. That worked out there. And as far as this match here, I mean, I don't know, though, because if, if Portugal rotate their squad, then that means Rafael Leao is starting, and they probably start a striker who better suits their style than Ronaldo. So I don't know. Maybe even rotating the squad makes them a better team. I, I, I don't know. This one, I'm not completely sold on. Michael, any play for South Korea-Portugal? 
Yeah, I'll be on the South Korea money line. Uh, I, I just think we, we saw with France, like, especially with this World Cup taking place in the middle of the, the season, I think teams are, are going to be pretty honest about you know, pacing themselves a little bit. Like, you know, don't even Spain today. Like, they they knew what was going on. Like, they if you don't think so, I, I, I would disagree with that. Like, I think these teams know that they need to pace themselves. They're playing every three days. It's, it's not just happening in the middle of the club season. It's also the most truncated World Cup we've ever seen. So... Yeah. I would not be surprised, especially, I mean, it, you know, Portugal is, is not the, the team that, that you would expect to go out there and give you 100% effort, you know, regardless of the situation, every game in, game out of a tournament, but in this situation especially. So uh, that should leave them pretty open. I think that, that, that the effort, you know, it, it's a thing. I, I don't think it's something you want to get too caught up on, especially, you know, in longer form uh, leagues and stuff. But that I think we can pretty safely assume that South Korea's effort level will probably be a little more robust uh, than mm-hmm. Portugal's and that raises mm-hmm. their floor for sure. Um, and, and you know, one thing that I think a stylistic thing that really worked out for South Korea against Ghana, I mean, they were whipping in crosses yeah. left and right. I think they set the world cup record and crosses <laughs> like attempted and crosses feet uh, completed. Uh, and if Portugal, no matter who they start, like are there, are their wingers going to track back and put pressure on the guys, you know, whipping in crosses? I don't know. So I actually think that there's a path here for, for, for South Korea to pull the upset uh, so yeah, I'm with Alex here. I think that if if you're gonna bet South Korea, the, I think the money line is 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 definitely a, a a pretty savvy bet here. So what would have been a viable strategy today? I was strongly considering, which I didn't take, was halftime overs. I I, I convinced myself off of both, and then naturally both cleared. So I was a little bit upset with myself. I think that this is a group where everything could be open at halftime. Ghana have looked good going forward. Uruguay know that they're going to need a, a, a result here, so that could open it up. South Korea needing a result, maybe playing more progressive, a little bit less organized at the back. Portugal are just, you know, they have a quality side all the way through, so even if they do go deeper into the team, I think those things should be at play here. But let's move into the final group that we need to discuss. Entertaining fixtures definitely on the cards here. Me and Alex riding on some Serbia futures going into the tournament. Brazil, Pretty much through in first place here. They're going to be taking on Cameroon. They're big favorites. I expect a bit of rotation here for the Brazilian squad. I don't think that matters. I don't like just top down what a squad. I think no matter who plays, they're going to get to be in a good position. And Serbia, Switzerland. This is a really interesting fixture here. So Serbia are going to need to come away with three points here. Switzerland just need to draw. And I, I was, man, coming into the tournament, Serbia had or sorry, uh, Switzerland were favored to come out of this group alongside Brazil. So I was kind of hoping to get Serbia as underdogs in this one. Plus 160 on the money line here. Let's go to Alex first of all. Let's let's talk about the Serbia-Switzerland matchup. You've got money riding on on Serbia pre-tournament. Is there anything else you see at play for this one? No, um, I mean, actually, sorry, I should say yes, because, you know, I do think I'm going to be on some overs here just naturally with how this game is probably going to go. Now, this could be a case of, uh, Croatia, Belgium today, where I also had the over and like, you kind of need that first goal to go in to just get the complete chaos. And we just never did end up getting that first goal, that penalty, you know, being called back kind of killed that. Um, and I, I do think that, you know, I mean, Serbia have the attacking quality going forward. I'm not the most confident in our Serbia to progress bet right now, but we did get no. a big boost because I know Stojkovic <laughs> came out and said that, uh, Pavlovic and Blahovic will be in the starting 11 tomorrow. So that is big because, they would have absolutely thrashed Cameroon if Pavlovich didn't go off injured. I think that could have ended a lot worse. And, you know, having him back will be a nice boost for them. 
having Blahovich to partner Mitrovic up front will be nice. So I think they're going to be able to go forward and get their goals whether they leave themselves a little bit exposed, you know, Swiss area team, they can kind of take advantage. I think it's going to be a fun game. So even like the both teams to score, um, I'm just, I'm not going to have any on the side, just hoping sort of that, uh, yeah. that Serbia do end up winning this game. But I think that, again, I think we're going to see some goals here. I'm so sick of putting money into Serbia thinking, wow, all these attacking players are finally going to use them. And then they come out super defensive. It's just so annoying. So this one is probably going to be a stay away one for me, but let's go to Michael. Any thoughts, Serbia, Switzerland? Uh, yeah, another, you know, interesting rivalry match here. Uh, the, the 2018 World Cup with, with these two yep. teams almost got pretty ugly. And uh, mm-hmm. so, I, I mean, I don't I don't have a play here on the side. I would say it's it's probably a good, like, live training game if Switzerland goes ahead. Because uh, what are they kind of – their DNA is to, to get the one and, and sit back and, <laughs> and, and defend. Yeah. And Serbia is, like you guys have said, like, they're – their strengths are going forward. Like you think mm-hmm. about these, these teams from the Balkans, a lot of times you think like physical rough and make it like really difficult on, on their opposition, but Serbia could play like their best. I think the best they've looked in this tournament, I guess you could say that first half against Cameroon, but like they were really impressive. I thought against Brazil for the first 30 or so minutes when they didn't look afraid and, and they were putting a little bit of pressure on, uh, on the Brazilians uh, that of course, you know, went down. But I think even if you look at the XG, I think, Serbia created 0.2 XG in that match. I think they looked impressive, like overall, like despite that, like I thought, you know, you, you could have made the argument that putting up 0.2 XG uh, and still looking good is, is pretty, you know, weird, but I thought it was, uh, it was a case there. I, I like Serbia generally more than Switzerland, but the numbers just not good enough. I'll maybe look to get a, uh, a live bet in on, on Serbia, on, on our guy Mitrovic uh, if they go behind, but before the game, uh, yeah, nothing for me. So very difficult game to make out here between Serbia and Switzerland. I think this is going to be one of the most entertaining games of the tournament, which naturally means it's going to be boring. Switzerland are going to win like 1-0 <laughs> or it's going to be nil-nil or something like that. But I have high hopes for this fixture. And this was kind of the showdown predicted going into this group. It would be these two teams fighting for second place. Uh, with respect to Cameroon against Brazil, that's what we have here. But let's move into that Cameroon fixture against Brazil. So expecting some squad rotation here for Brazil trying to maximize fitness for all their players. Uh, maybe, you know, as maybe Serbia did look good in the first half hour there, I think Brazil have been relatively unscathed. Like, they're not giving up any chances, let alone any goals in this tournament thus far. Cameroon, they're going to need to be progressive. They are going to need to have, they're going to have to get a win here and leave themselves a little bit exposed to back. For that reason, I kind of like Brazil on the handicap here to win by two goals. Uh, we'll start with Michael this time. Any thoughts on that play or anything else that you have in mind here, potentially an over as well? I think, yeah, you just make bets correlated to chaos in this match. Uh, because <laughs> the Cameroon, if, going forward, they've looked all right. Like, they they haven't looked terrible at all. And, and they have uh, Chupa Motang, who's who can finish if they create chances. And as you've alluded to, I think we'll see some squad rotation from Brazil, which could throw things off a little bit. It might not be, like, their best, most honest effort as well. So... This match to me like screams chaos and not like the Switzerland Serbia chaos that, that you're expecting, but more of like it could be, you know, I could see this match being five three or you know, <laughs> you know, five one, something crazy. So in, in terms of like a pre pre-game uh, bet, I don't know about like a bet on the three-way money line or anything. I I, I thought it t- like when Cameroon opened ten to one, uh obviously that number has come crash down when people started to realize that Brazil would probably rotate. Uh, I was like, all right, maybe a little little sprinkle on Cameroon money line. But now I would say, you know, if you want to throw like a small bet on something truly outlandish to happen, 
uh, this is probably the game to do it. Like, you know, if you can find like a hundred to one correct score, you like like five, one or something, like I said, something like that. Like I would, I would say that this is one of the matches you want to do it. Cause there's so many different outcomes for this match, just because of, of the rotation, the way Cameroon have to play that the complete des like this difference in talent level, like this, this match is you, it starts, it's going to be like a Tim Robinson sketch. It's going to start somewhere and it's going to end somewhere. And you're going to have no idea how it got from A to B, right? Like yeah, it's just going and, to be and we're all doubling just going to be down, doubling down, right? Exactly. Getting worse yeah. and worse. Yeah. And so I, I just think, you know, if you, you know, it's not going to be a plus EV play, but like it's, it's, if you just find something that's a crazy price and, you know, chuck 10 bucks on it, because I think that this match could, could uh, end up like that. And, and Hey, and that bet could be nil, nil. Right. Like it, it's there, I've got no idea how this thing will play out. Uh, I, I kind of like the way you described it as a I think you should leave sketch where it just could just keep spiraling out of yeah. control further and further. I mean, hey, look, the World Cup so far, we had the four two in Germany today. Uh, like there's just been some some outrageous score lines. So for a Friday, Friday evening, maybe you're off work early. You can put some change on a correct score. Put your feet up, grab a grab a pint or something. Watch this game. Could be a way to explore it. Alex, uh, I'm going to assume you're looking at this one a little bit differently. Let's hear what you have to say. Yeah, I just don't have a ton of interest in betting this game, really. Like, I think this is a different case with uh, Brazil than it is with, like, France or Portugal rotating their side because Brazil have spots in the 11 for the taking. Like, they have so much quality. We don't know if Neymar for sure is going to be back. You know, I think maybe his spot's there. Like, Rafinha's spot's available. Um, you know, we can see guys like Anthony and stuff come in. And try and stay claim to a, a starting spot in the uh, in the round of 16 at the quarterfinals. So I think we'll still have that effort there. Maybe that leads to a lot of goals. You know, uh, like Michael said, I can completely see that. I can see it getting wild. I can see Brazil just like comfortably handling them like a, a four nothing uh, win. I, I just this isn't something I have the most interest in betting right now. I think I'm just gonna like be. I've had the split screen going for all these like double games. You know, like getting one on the tablet, one on the TV. This is one where maybe tomorrow I think I'm just gonna like zone in on Serbia and Switzerland and like just kind of forget the other game is going on. I, I don't know if I can agree. I gotta have both these on. I, I just <laughs> look Costa Rica were up for for a, a beautiful 60 seconds today. Japan and Costa Rica were coming out of Group E, and I just cannot miss out on that. I have to see this all unfold here. I, I just don't know what to make of this World Cup. We we cannot rule out Cameroon here. We, we, we ruled out Costa Rica early tournament, and they almost snuck out. We ruled out Australia early in the tournament, and they got six points and got out of the group as well. <laughs> we, we cannot possibly count any team out of this tournament at this present point. I have a, so. I have a grievance with Cameroon because they sent home my boy, Andre Onana. So I, you know what, I, I have a problem listen, with them now. <laughs> Andre Onana sent Andre Onana home. I'm going <laughs> to say that was his fault. <laughs> Uh, but regardless of the dysfunction and all of that, you know what? Not having Onana could factor into this one a little bit. Uh, maybe not having as strong of a backup goalie here. But overall, uh, let, let's let's finish on this. Actually, this is an interesting comment I brought up. Just wanted to bring it up. Uh, Germany's XG in this tournament <laughs> compared to other teams. Pretty, pretty insane. But like we spoke about yesterday, XG isn't quite everything, even though, I mean, it's usually a good indicator of how, to, how the game is played and... and you got to feel for Germany a little bit in that regard. But let's go to both of your favorite plays for tomorrow. We spoke a lot about uh, like certain things we're leaning on, but if you could just bet one thing for tomorrow, what would you make it? Let's start with Michael for this one. Uh, yeah, I'll take the, the Uruguay team total, whether you want to bet like a, a one and a half, two and a half, whatever it is uh, you want to go. If you want to go big price hunting, I, I think that, you know, their game against Ghana should be back and forth. It should be goals at both ends. And given the situation where Uruguay has got to go for it, um, 
and, and as Alex said, like their best kind of moments of this tournament came when they fell behind against Portugal uh, and, and started to really be on the front foot. They have the attacking talent. Uh, they just haven't leaned into it enough yet. So I think, you know, going into uh, into this match where they know from the get go, we need to win and we need to you know make sure of it. Uh, we, we should see a more aggressive uh, La Celeste than we've been used to since, you know, what, you know, I know Oscar Tabarez isn't there anymore, but for his 15 years and now the first uh, tournament here under Alonso, like it, we should see a much more aggressive side uh, out of them. And I, I like them to score early and often here. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's probably where I'd go with my favorite bet. So over one and a half goals is minus 110 on Bedford Sportsbook. This is actually even uh, same odds on both sides, minus 110 on the under as well. Uh, my best bet is something I already bet on. I do essentially have the Ghana double chance on this one. So that'll be my best bet here, which if Uruguay get two, I really don't see Ghana <laughs> being able to fulfill their side of the double chance market here. So uh, pulling up the odds on this one, you get uh, Ghana or draw for plus 105. That'll be my side. So you're going to have to decide. You want to ride with me? You want to ride with Michael on this one? But we'll see who presented the stronger handicap there. I, I, used, I, just all, think... I used all my luck today on Japan. So <laughs> so we'll see there. I'm, I'm banking into Uruguay just not being able to score enough goals here and Ghana being able to just play on the fact that it's going to be a very open Uruguay team compared to what you would normally get from them at a major tournament game. So that's why I like Ghana for this one. But let's go to Alex. You could lock in one specific play for this one. What would be your look? I, uh, I'll i go with uh, – I'll try and avoid this uh, Uruguay match. We're not all on the same one here. And I'll go with Korea, um, South Korea. Any way you want to kind of play this, I think that, you know, if you want to kind of be a little bit safe, I think you can get them plus 105 at Betfred on the double chance. Um, yep. You can also play the draw no bet at plus 230 or just go for it on that money line at plus 340. I think that uh, – I think that they're very live here. You know, Michael spoke to the fact that this is a very uh, compacted tournament and it is happening in the middle of the domestic season. I think with the squad rotation for Portugal, we're going to see a little bit less of an effort here. And at least, you know, South Korea, a team, you know, you can count on them to, to give everything they have. Um, I think we'll see, uh, you know, um, I think we'll see their best 11 out there. Like we'll probably see Lee Kangen start for the first time in this uh, tournament. I don't, I don't believe he started either last two matches. I think he came in off the bench. Um, yeah. So, so yes, yeah. So I think that uh, I think they're just very live here. I think we're going to get a really good effort from them, and I think that they're going to uh, give Portugal some trouble, and ultimately Portugal will still win the group. So you know, no harm, no foul for them. So I, I think a lot of fun on this one. Some outrageous matches early in the day that we spoke about, and some really intriguing fixtures we spoke about going into tomorrow. That's been your fine margin stream on the Hammer Betting Network. Presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Remember to sign up to the Betfred Sportsbook for all of your World Cup betting needs and beyond. Thank you so much, Betfred, for sponsoring our World Cup content here over at Fine March, which is the soccer content division of the Hammer. You can watch this every weekday at 4.15 p.m. Eastern time on the Fine Margins YouTube channel. Please make sure if you're watching there, you have subscribed to our channel and you have dropped a like. And head over to the Twitter account as well. Give us a follow for all the updates on the streams. And if you choose, you can also watch the stream live on Twitter as well. Thank you to Michael for joining us today. You can follow him for more betting content and just discussion in general at the Big Lebowski. Hope I said that correctly. And you can follow Alex on Twitter for his World Cup takes and daily bets at Alex J. Moretto. If you feel so inclined to follow me, you can do the same. But we hope to see you tomorrow for more fine margins content. And I just hope... We have as exciting of results to talk about tomorrow as we did today because that would be an absolute treat for us. But from all of us here at Fine Margins, 
Thank you so much again. We will see you soon for more World Cup content. Thank <laughs> you.